The Matt Wyatt Show podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. Buying or selling, make sure you go there first. Online at mslandbank.com. That's Mississippi Land Bank, where they understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. Yes, sir. All right. It's a fun day, man. I'm going to tell you what, that first hour, maybe it's just me, but that first hour flew by. Having a good time with y'all here on Hump Day in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau Insurance, go with the home team. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Check them out, cspire.com. Dan, watching the live stream on Facebook, said, what if a player starts the season and gets the virus, then decides to opt out for the rest of the season? Will they honor uh, the scholarship? Talking about senior players, yes. Uh, that's my understanding. Dan, I mean, if anybody else has different information, let me know. Um, but it's my understanding that, yes, there's going – this is kind of a free year for everyone, every senior. Dan – a senior can play every game this year and come back and play next year as a senior. Until they change what they've already said, that's the case. Isn't that crazy? It's a free year for everybody. And it's like yesterday this thing pops up on Twitter from the people who cover the Florida Gators, how there are three players that are transferring into Florida. All three of them announced their plans in January. All three of them are still awaiting clearance from the NCAA. <laughs> okay? Who just laid off and furloughed 500 people. So maybe it's on the desk of one of the furloughed 500. But if you're Florida, wouldn't you just suit them up, play them? It's a free year. This year, these 10 games are going to play in the SEC plus whatever you get after that. According to the NCAA right now, it doesn't count against anybody's eligibility. It's a free year to play for every player in every class. If you're Florida, wouldn't you practice them and suit them up and play them? It's free. Dare them to show you the consequence. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Time out, time out. You're going to tell us we shouldn't have played these guys. They transferred in January. You knew in January. You furloughed 500 people, and it's a COVID year, so it's free for everybody. Everybody gets a – this doesn't count against anybody's eligibility, yet we're supposed to sit them. Need to call it the year of the asterisk. Yeah, I mean that's what it is. So, just one thing to consider. Uh, real quick, coming up in about three minutes from right now, uh, we're going to talk with Jeff Shepard, my friend Jeff Shepard down on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, and he's a big LSU fan, by the way. Go Shep on Twitter, and he's also the voice of Ocean Springs football on the radio on Friday nights. Or at least he was. <laughs> so I think he still is. So um, we'll talk with Jeff in just a bit. I'll try my best to get him off LSU and let's talk high school football. He's like me. He's kind of a he's kind of a nut for high school football. I am too. So uh, we we should enjoy that conversation. Uh, he's a good friend. Coffee Norman, real quick on the country pleasing text line. Country pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the southeast. 885-3776, that's the text line. Coffee Norman says, Matt, based on what you've heard or expect from State, do you think we as fans are going to be surprised at the wide receiver ability to catch the football and the number of threats we will have at wide receiver this year? 
He went on to say, I just know the drops and inability to get open is all I can think of from the past. Yes, you're going to be surprised. You are going to be surprised because you hadn't seen anything like it. That's the point that I'm... All these guys have a little more ability than they've been able to show. Okay? You know, big-time junior college recruits that had, you know, any number of options out there, places they could go. Javante Payton, who's in the slot now. You know, Malik Heath outside. Um, and they're all going to catch a bunch of passes. Um, look, Austin Williams in the slot. He's a 6'3 slot receiver. No, he's not a burner, but you can't get one around him that he can't catch. He catches everything. So it's just going to be totally different than anything you and I are used to. I mean, I don't know how else to... It's like the, the comment we have from Steve Spurrier Jr. This is not a conversation where I'm telling you, Coffee Norman, that this equals automatic wins. That's not it. It's style of play and what that particular position is going to mean to your offense. When Steve Spurrier Jr., the, the outside wide receivers coach, said... We came in and we told these guys, we don't care if you caught two balls last year or 20. We expect five or six of you guys to catch 50 or 60 this year. And you will. (laughs) Well, I mean, you take someone like Javante Payton, who was a very highly rated junior college receiver coming out as a recruit, who then went to state and last year in his first year at state got like one ball a game thrown to him. I mean, you're not... He, nor you, nor I, know what he's capable of. and had a chance to see it. So it's just going to be totally different in the way they're used and how many opportunities they get and how many balls they are going to catch. So, yes, I've said it and I've said it and I've said it. The whole group is more capable than people realize because they really hadn't had a chance to show people that. Cody on YouTube real quick, he said one thing about LSU that wasn't a problem coming into the season but has become an issue is defensive line depth. LSU just lost another with the suspension of Ray Parker. And I saw some you know, some rumors of that uh, popping up. Listen, um, you know, and Cody, here's what I think too. I think depth is going to be something where at some point this year, everybody's going to have a hard time with it. There's been less practice, less conditioning going all the way back to the spring, less spring practice, less conditioning in the summer. Therefore, in the fall, coaches and teams have had to approach it totally in a different way to make sure that they give them a little bit of a run-up to the season to try to make sure they're ready from a conditioning standpoint for that first game so they haven't been as hard on them in practice. These early games are going to play more people. If they don't, the guys who are out there are going to get more tired. So, you know, I I just think that everybody is going to have times this year where you're going to look up and guys are playing in certain situations. You had no idea they were going to be playing. But, yeah, it certainly doesn't help when people do things that get themselves suspended. I don't even know all the details of the story. But, you know, I think you're right about that. Plenty more texts to get to. Anthony, Fletcher, Trey, Flowtown Ghost, all of y'all. We'll come back to that in just a bit. Right now. This very minute, we're going to flip the switch and chat it up a little high school football here in the state of Mississippi with a friend of mine, Jeff Shepard on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. 
And y'all can follow him on Twitter if you want to, especially if you're an LSU fan. He is Go Shep, G-E-A-U-X, Go Shep on Twitter. And now he's on your radio. Jeff, man, how are you? It's been a while. It has been a while, man. It's good to hear your voice again. How you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing great. Uh, we, we've kind of had like an hour and ten minutes of of LSU talk. Um, and well, I, I mean, I can imagine the ratings are through the roof today, then. <laughs> well, and they may be. I mean, it's kind of all over the place. You know, it's a fun conversation. I think it was all started, Jeff, just because right before we came on the air at noon, I saw the tweets about 25% capacity is what they're going to allow uh, in Tiger Stadium, and I mean the consensus is that even with twenty five percent in there, it's still going to you know be a pretty decent amount of noise. You know, at least it'll be something. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know a certain percentage of that'll be students, obviously. But yeah. um, I mean, look, look, you know, you're talking now about people who pay a lot of money for tickets, suites, and you know, I understand that it's a college game, but you know they're still bills to pay. So that's going to be yeah. interesting, not just at LSU, but I think at all these schools have to kind of figure out. How do you walk that line of, you know, people who pay a lot of money and over a lot of years, you know, to earn points or whatever it is, you know, how each school, you know, does their ticketing system. How do you figure out who gets to go to what games? Right. Jeff, um, just real quick, you're a lifelong LSU fan. If we are to assume that this LSU team is, you know, a step back, from last year's team, obviously, just because last year's team was an all-timer, like an all-time great team, one of the greatest right. we've ever seen. So this one's going to take a step back. How big of a step back are you expecting, though? I mean, look, you, like you said, I mean, you're, you're talking about the argument of is this the greatest? Is this one of the greatest teams in the history of college football? Yeah, you know, I mean, that they have certainly been put into that discussion. So unless this team goes fifteen and zero and averages 45 points and right. has a Heisman winner and a Belitnikoff winner and, you know, all these other trophies. And, well, then just by by definition, it's a step back, you know? So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, we have to be realistic. I mean, look, you know, it, it, it's with the 10-game schedule, you know, the, the, the schedule is tough already. You know, you, you get Florida every year. We got, you know, we got Auburn, we got Alabama. Right. Um, you know, Ole Miss will be better. I think State's going to be better. You, I mean, you know, ten. I, I mean, nine, ten wins. I think, or well, they're going to play ten games. So I'm thinking, you know, eight, eight wins, okay. nine wins would be, I, I think, fantastic. I, I mean, I, I know they want to go undefeated, but um, you know, they they lost a lot, mm-hmm. um, and unfortunately, they lost a lot in the last two weeks. Also, you know, with guys deciding to opt out now. Um, I, I think there's some talented players that are going to be called upon to, you know, fill in the shoes of a guy like Jamar Chase. But, I mean, if you ask me, would I rather have Jamar Chase or his backup playing? Well, I'd rather have Jamar Chase. Sure. Right. So, you know, um, I, I mean, I think everybody would say that. So, yeah. um, I mean, I just think it's the nature of the game. I mean, you know, I mean, Clemson's going to probably be better than they were last year. I think Alabama will be better than they were last year. and. But then of the rest of the teams that are actually playing college football this year, I mean, I don't know how many of them are going to be that much better than LSU. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that as well. And so kind of transitioning on the high school side, I was just curious. I don't think I've ever talked to you about this, but you being involved with high school football on the Mississippi Gulf Coast for a lot of years, um, did you ever run up on Miles Brennan in high school, get to see him play when he was at St. Stan? No. So by the time that I had got out of television, but I have 
I started doing, I've been doing Ocean Springs football on the radio for about nine years now. Right. Um, you know, so Miles came after I made that transition. Okay. And so, I'll, you know, you know, kind of like you got out of the local news biz and then, you know, kind of, you know, went and, you know, did a couple of different jobs. And But I, I still kind of keep my, my, my hand in the pot a little bit when it comes to, you know, high school sports down yeah. here, being involved with Ocean Springs on the radio. So I never got a chance to actually see him in person. I mean, yeah. he's an impressive looking kid. He's a big guy. I mean, he's a big guy like you were, you know? I mean, yeah. and so, you know, I mean, he's got a good arm. And I, I, I think, you know, he's got the demeanor to step into it. And again, Matt, you, you're talking about having to step in for a guy who could potentially be considered, you know, one of the top five or six greatest college football quarterbacks ever, you right. know, in a single right. season. Right. So it's, I mean, again, he could have a phenomenal year, but if he loses two games, it's like, well, I mean, he's just terrible. And <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I would not, I certainly wouldn't feel that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally, I, I agree. And in, in, with a certain portion of fans, there's a no win situation here, but I get totally what right. you're saying, and I think he's capable. Well, uh, so you mentioned Ocean Springs. I was I wanted to talk to you about that, uh, Jeff. I saw the score, the uh, win over Moss Point for Ocean Springs on on Friday night. Um, how do you chalk up that win? Like how good a win that is? I mean, a win's a win, but versus that sure. Moss Point team and to get off to that start, you know, how do you classify that win? You know, it's interesting, Matt. We talked about this on the radio a little bit on Friday night, and so. You know, this is a 6A school traveling over to Moss Point to play a 4A school. So mm-hmm. in a regular year, you don't put too much stock into a, a win like that. You know, I mean, right. you're supposed to you're supposed to beat them. Um, but I, I noticed with a lot of the scores that we were kind of hearing on Friday night, and again, you know, I, I don't know everything that's going on across the state, but just some of the ones that just kind of jumped out at me, and I, I we were talking about how, I was almost at this point of the year, it, none of it matters anything. I mean, this is almost like exhibition in the NFL. Like, you don't know what school is dealing with what and how many players are out and or coaches are out or what they had to deal with, you know, like that they just got back. I, I mean, for instance, Biloxi hasn't been practicing for two weeks because they, they you know, uh, went to all virtual schooling for the mm-hmm. last two weeks. They shut down every extracurricular activity. So, you know, everybody lost the first two games of the season. Well, then Velocity didn't play this last week. They just started practicing Monday for their game against Vicksburg on this Friday. So they're basically going in with four practices to this football game. Wow. You know, it's it's kind of almost like what happened with Navy on Monday night, you know, mm-hmm. where they decided not to do a lot of up-close and personal contact, and it resulted in the fact that they couldn't make a tackle, you know? Right. So... It's weird this year. I mean, look, I think Moss Point won their district last year. They'll, they've got the athletes and the talent to, to do it again this year. So I think, you know, Ocean Springs is a pretty young team. There's a, a sophomore quarterback named Bray Hubbard who has committed to play baseball at, at Southern Miss already. Um, you've got well, a junior and a senior running back. You've got sophomores starting in the linebacking crew and in the secondary um, and look, this Moss Point team, I mean, you know, they, they're returning the quarterback and two wide receivers who each of the receivers had a thousand yards last year. One of them, Larry Simmons, has got eight offers already. Mm. And just to run the names down for you, Matt, here's who's offered this guy. He's a junior. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Auburn, Nebraska, Florida State, Oregon, Southern Miss, and Indiana. Wow. What's his okay. name? Larry. What's his name? Larry Simmons. Okay. Larry Simmons, and he caught two. He caught two passes Friday night. Mm-hmm. So I think from that perspective, you're like, well, hey, 
I mean, that's that's a pretty good. Now, the other guy caught 245 yards of passes. Okay, right. <laughs> I mean, they picked their point. They picked, you know, they picked their poison, and and they shut down the guy who could, you know, could be starting on Saturdays in two years. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, it was the first game of the the new um, the new head coach Blake Pennick, um, who came over from Past Christian. He spent one year in Past Christian. He grew up in Terry. He went to Southern Miss, um, and he runs a spread offense. And again, you know, he's got just New, you know, you know, it's high school football. I mean, you got new guys all all over the place, all the time. But yeah. to go to a spread offense, to go to kind of run the hurry up, um, I think it was a pretty solid performance, all things considered. I, I mean, and again, I, I think just right now, it, there's just everybody's got this giant X factor that you just don't know what to expect. Sure. Well, you mentioned new coaches. Um, first year coaches, so first year guy at Ocean Springs gets a win. Same thing at Picayune, right? Which you know, and Picayune, a school that a lot of people have ranked in the top ten here in the state of Mississippi. Yeah, so I mean, if you had to ask me, the most consistent football program, you know, south of, quite honestly, I twenty. Yeah, it'd be Picayune. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be. You know, at least in my, you know, almost um, what fifteen years now in South Mississippi. I mean, they are just consistently there. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, yeah. it just doesn't matter. You know, they don't, they don't, they don't get off the bus and just like, oh, we just didn't show up. To like that just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and part of that is because they've just been traditionally, you know, they've had solid coaching. Dodd Lee was there for twenty four years. He just, you know, hung up the whistle at the end of last season. They lost to West Point in the state championship. They they, they won a state championship in his time there. They lost it a couple of other times. They were always in contention whether it be 4A or 5A, whatever classification they were playing in. And, you know, they went all the way down to the end of the bench to hire his replacement in Cody Stockner, who played at Picayune and then has been on the staff for the last 13 years. So it's just, it's almost kind of like they just picked up exactly where they left off and they beat Meridian, you know, the other Mm -hmm. night. And I know Meridian is not the Meridian that they've been in years past, but it's still a 5A school beating a 6A school. And they're going to host Gulfport this week. So, you know, they will, they're just one of those that they'll play anybody anywhere, you know. Um, and I know you can talk about just how that consistency that you see, you've seen across the state where, you know, coaches have been there for a long time and they hire an assistant and they adopt, you know, they keep the offense. The players have bought into it since sixth, seventh, eighth grade. It's just part of life in that community. And that's certainly what it is in Big U. No doubt. I mean, it's just a tradition that they've built there and. Uh, it, it's going to be there for a while, and so so it's Picayune Gulfport this week. I, and I just you mentioned that I saw where Gulfport gave up what fifty two to Oak Grove, so they're smarting a little bit after that one. Yeah, yeah, that was that was one of those scores that I thought was you know kind of jumped out at me on yeah. Friday night. Mm-hmm. And look, Ocean Springs went to Oak Grove in the playoffs last year, and you know I, I like to say this: they Oak Grove won the coin toss and elected to beat the ever-living Pachisa out of Ocean Springs, okay? I mean, right. you know, I mean, that's pretty much what happened. So, you know, we saw it firsthand, I mean, you know, and how good that program has been the last couple of years. But, you know, I mean, Gulfport in, in Region 4, 6A, I mean, they've won the district, I think, seven, six, seven years in a row. And the, the years that Ocean Springs hasn't won it in the last decade, it, it's been Gulfport this one, you know? Uh, and right. so they're always very consistent, great athletes, good coach, you know, ton. You know, ton. I mean, they can throw the ball. You know, very good defense typically. And for them to just get blank, again, you know, it's hard to pass judgment on 
some of these games are now because again you just don't know who's dealing with what. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I know for instance, I think Ocean Springs had two or three players that weren't there on Friday night because of quarantining or whatever, you know. Yeah. But I don't know how many golf courts didn't have there or if they didn't have any. You know, I mean, it's, it's just hard to, you know, because the coaches aren't always talking about this stuff. But yeah, I, I that was kind of shocking to see them give up fifty two. And I know Oak Grove is going to be good. So they'll be looking, you know, to bounce back, and they're going to go too picky in this weekend or this Friday night. And you know, I, I think that I think they'll play much better. And I mean, I can't imagine, you know, the old cliche about getting better between week one and week two. I can't imagine this is a year that you would probably, you know, find that to be more true than this year. Sure. No, I think you're exactly right. All right. So home game for you Friday night, hosting George County, and um, hey, if folks want to tune in online somewhere, Jeff, they have a way to do that. Yeah, they do, Matt, and I appreciate you. So down on the, down here on the coast, the radio, we're on the, the Super Talk station, 103.1 FM. But then, you know, nowadays, it's, you know, it's 2020, man, that technology. Yeah. We've, we've been streaming our games now for the second year. And, of course, you know, we talked about the capacity in Tiger Stadium this year. Well, you know, we've got that at the high school stadium sure. as well. So we expect to have, you know, bigger streaming crowds, and, and right. um, we're excited about that. You can go to OF greyhounds.live and here's the other thing Matt if you've got a Roku you can search Ocean Springs on your Roku and watch it on your TV right from the couch oh very cool very cool I may just have to tune into that and hear the soothing tones of the voice of the greyhounds my man ghost ship Jeff really do appreciate it man it's great to talk to you and I'm going to talk to you often throughout the year thank you hey man whenever you need me I'm happy to jump on thanks All right, talk to you soon that's Jeff Shepard, the voice of Ocean Springs. How about that? So they got it set up on Roku. Just search Ocean Springs football right there. You can watch it on Roku. I don't have one of those, but I do have uh, Amazon TV. And, of course, that's, I stream all kinds of stuff from my phone to the TV all the time. So, And he's right. High school radio broadcasts and live streams are doing bigger audiences this year than they ever have. I think it's great. Stick around. All right, back with you. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you listening, watching, however you're listening, however you're watching. Appreciate it very much. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jeff Shepard, my man Go Shep on Twitter. All right, y'all text me, y'all call me, comment on the live stream if you're on YouTube or Facebook or Periscope, however you're tuning in. I can see all of it here in one place. Feel free to tweet me as well. i got Twitter up. It's at Radio Wyatt. All right. The text line, the country-pleasing text line, 885-3776. Bama fan, Texas show. He said, do y'all think Jay Hobson has burnout and just needed to back away? Second, don't you think the stadiums could hold 30 to 40% capacities? I mean, I do. You just got to, you know, spread them out. And I think if we're going like, you know, splitting hairs there, if we're going to go 25% or 30%, just – be safe, go 25%, call it a day, let's move on. That's just what we're dealing with. Everybody, all the schools are all going to lose money because of it, and they're trying to make that up in different ways. You're going to see uh, more and more about that. Yes, okay, it was an exaggeration. It was an exaggeration to make a point. I admit that. Somebody texted the show and said, Schrader is a foot taller than Plumley. Say what, Matt? Okay, he's not a full foot taller. Okay, Schrader is six five, a little maybe a little better than six foot five. Don't you call that hyperbole? Hyperbole. 
I've told you eight million times not to exaggerate. Okay, get it. Get the joke. I just enjoy the uh, confabulation that we're having today. You got it in. On on this door. You did it. (laughs) JB texted me before the show, and he said, I'm going to use that word today. And I had to Google it. I still didn't do it. I didn't Google it. But I get the gist. (laughs) No, it was hyperbole. Schrader is not a full... Because Schrader's six foot five, that would mean Plumley would have to be five five. He's not. What is Plumley? Six feet, five eleven, five ten. What is he? Five eight. You get the point. He's basically a foot taller. <laughs> I didn't mean to hurt anybody's feelings. Being tall isn't always the best thing in the world. Fletcher says, uh, last two times State was there, we played terrible and they didn't blow us out. And they had more experienced teams then than they do now. That's a good point. I mean, you're right. Boy, the last time State played, was it 2018? That was Moorhead's first year, and they went to LSU. And I mean, couldn't a drop on offense throwing the ball. It was just embarrassing. That was a, It was a waste of everybody's time. That's what that was. Nick Saban said that his team yesterday in a press conference, he said that his team has been working on their two-minute offense, and he pointed out specific reasons why directly to last year's uh, failure of a season in which they only went 11-2. and two. Obviously, we're going to have a second scrimmage you know, this weekend, um, and we're going to emphasize even more situations. Um, today we had two minutes before the half. You know, two minutes before the half was a bad thing. LSU scored 14 points in the last two minutes of the half, and Auburn scored 10. So um, th- th- those, those are the kind of things that the players have to really understand. You know, not only trying to score uh, in that situation, but we can't give the other team the ball back so they get a chance to score. So um, there, there's a lot of those types of situations that we're really trying to, you know, cover. Um, and uh, lots of players are getting lots of opportunities to get repetitions, and uh, I think that's you know really important, especially in a year like this, to try to develop depth on your team. How about that stat? Leave it to Nick Saban to boil it all right down. An 11 and two season, two losses. Boil those two losses down to something. Two minutes before the half. The two minutes before halftime. In the two minutes before halftime, they gave up 14 to LSU and 10 to Auburn. 24 points allowed in four minutes of their entire season that led to two losses. How about that stat? I think it's incredible. Hey, real quick. Zach Arnett, defensive coordinator, Mississippi State, spoke with the media yesterday. Trust me on this, the biggest issue is who is going to start at cornerback opposite of Martin Emerson. Emerson's a good player, big, tall corner, big-time talent on one side, but what about the other side? That's the issue. Well, we got a good battle there between, you know, between everyone else vying for it. Obviously, a couple guys who have done a nice job up to this point. Uh, true freshman Forbes and... And Furge are having a nice little battle over there right now. And so it's good because competition makes everyone better. So they're pushing each other over there. And, and we got some more depth, you know, fighting to, fighting to battle it out with those guys as well. But uh, those two names I mentioned right now, they're, 
they're probably competing the most there. Forbes and Furge, a little alliteration. Who's going to be the guy? Hopefully they have some depth because everybody's going to need it. All right, Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. Raise your arms out there, open them up, slam them together, and you're doing a gator chomp. It's Gator Greg, the man from Gatorland on the Divinity Equipment phone. What's up, Greg? Only had, uh, you know, a couple of uh, COVID cases, so uh, uh, Dan's they're doing a pretty good job down there. Let's just hope uh, yeah. it's not a situation like with uh, what uh, uh, Oklahoma State, the Tulsa. I think that one uh, got pushed back, and like Louisiana, I should say Louisiana Tech. Yeah, a lot Tech. Uh, That's that, right. And that might impact Southern Miss's game with them, I guess, the following week. But a couple of things, Mr. Wyatt, because uh, I'm curious. What about your uh, prep? You got a game, uh, I guess, two weeks from Saturday. If right. they, it, uh, your protocol at least on the road. And then, Mr. Wyatt, I looked at a kind of an early swing game. I was going to ask you, uh, you know, of course, I'm an Auburn fan. When they play Georgia in week two, you know, Georgia maybe with the unproven quarterback or they got the kid, I guess, from Southern Cal is going to get the start now since uh, the other guy opted out. But, uh, you know, Georgia's had Auburn's number of late but just say if Auburn uh that's kind of weird series because sometimes the road team does uh does better in that series but if Auburn could go into Georgia week two and pull out the upset it, it would seem like you think Auburn would be a a pretty good contender to, to battle uh for that West title we'll get your thoughts on that and that would probably help the Gators out they got a tough uh little schedule uh the first couple of weeks if they can get through and manage those road games uh, maybe they can get in a position to where they get Georgia in the cocktail part, or I shouldn't say that, the the, uh, the game uh, in Jacksonville, that they may have a chance to win East. I want to ask you about that Auburn-Georgia game, really big swing game in week two, and we'll talk about your Chiefs tomorrow night. I know you'd be excited yes. with Super Bowl. We, we, we probably even got you uh, like a, maybe one of those replica Super Bowl ring Chiefs uh, rings for you. It's just been a long suffering for my, my buddies. And <laughs> that would be awesome. You have a good one, Mr. Wyatt. Uh, Appreciate you. You too, Gator Greg. Always bringing the goods. And in this case, maybe a, a replica Super Bowl ring. I'll take it. Attaboy, Greg. Chomp, chomp. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I saw that. What, one positive case on the Florida team? That's first time in a month they've had a positive test. You know, everybody's going to have to deal with that stuff from time to time. Yeah, listen, everybody is kind of just looking over Auburn, aren't they, Greg? You you do have a point right there. And, and I will say that right now, off the top of my head, I can't even quote to you Auburn's schedule that much. I know that, you know, uh, what, they've got um, – they already had Kentucky on their schedule early. What, I guess week one uh, or week two? They already had all, uh, Kentucky on their schedule, which is not a – uh, a walk in a park for anybody nowadays. Stoops is doing a pretty good job at Kentucky. But that's it. You know, playing Georgia so early in the year, it's always a late game. It's going to be an early one. And I was looking at this. Y'all need to be aware of this website. Winsipedia. Have you ever looked it up? Need to go look it up. Not Wikipedia. Winsipedia. W-I-N as in winning a game. Winsipedia. Winsipedia.com. There's a great deal. You can look up any series history and matchup with any two teams in the country. So I'm looking at the information right now. The, right now, Greg, Georgia is on a three-game win streak against Auburn. 
Last time Auburn won was back in 2016. 2016, Auburn beat them 40-17. to Was that Kirby Smart's first year? No, that was his second year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So Auburn beat them up pretty good in Auburn in 2016. Since then, 2017, Georgia wins in Athens 28-7. to Then they won 27-10. to Then they win 27-14. So they haven't just like run them out of the stadium, but Georgia's got three wins in a row. Uh, Georgia has won six out of the last seven. There have been some blowouts mixed in there from time to time. I mean, Georgia's defense has absolutely had Auburn's number. You look at points totals. Besides that win in 2016 when Auburn put up 40, and uh, those six of the last seven that they've lost, Auburn scored seven, 13, seven, seven, 10, and last year scored 14 in a one-touchdown game. Georgia has really had Auburn's number. You know, and that's the thing. If you're Auburn, you wake up every day knowing you're in the West, so you're playing Alabama every year, and you're permanent across the division as Georgia. You're playing those rascals every year. And if Auburn wants to do anything, they got to beat them both. How many teams in the country? Really? We talk about Clemson's schedule. We talk about Oklahoma's schedule. These guys are in the playoff every year chasing a national championship from their conferences. How many of those teams wake up, play Auburn's schedule every year, and, and beat Georgia and Alabama every year? Or even every other year? How many of them? Right there. Zero. Maybe Clemson. But still, you're going to play them all the time? They're going to get your number. Auburn's got a tough draw. They really do. Therefore, we kind of look over them. All right, stick around. All right. Back with you. JB, is it just me? Does it seem like this show, we're about to wrap up two hours. Flying by. I mean, why? Why today? I don't know. I guess because it's hump day. (laughs) I guess so, man. I mean, this show has just absolutely flown by. I think a lot of it, too, is we had a lot of purple and gold Kool-Aid at the very beginning. (laughs) (laughs) It blinded us, didn't it? We couldn't even see the clock. We had no oh, idea Trey takes the show. He heard my my comment. You know, it kind of just went under the rug there. But I asked you yeah. what kind of flavor it was. What flavor Kool Aid. Somebody yeah. got it though. Trey saw it. He saw it. That'd be purple and gold flavor. Well, you know, they talk about that purple drink. That's purple. bad. That's bad stuff. <laughs> right? Yeah. You can get arrested no for that in some states. All right. Hey, by the Remember way, that drink purple passion. Uh, what is that? Is it a soft? It's like a it was like a grape soda. Oh yeah, okay. Well, yeah. I've had new grape. I actually, you know what I'm having right now? What's that? I'm having an orange crush. Orange crush? Are you really? Hey, check uh, this out. So I went to Corinth last year, and spent the whole day with a guy up there named Joe Garrett. He's a long time staple of the community, uh, Farm Bureau insurance agent in Corinth, way up in North Mississippi. Corinth is famous for the Slug Burger. They even have a Slug Burger Festival. Okay, you've heard of the Dough Burger? Well, this is the Slug Burger. It's kind of the same thing. They have meat, but they cut it. and it's So it's got, you know, what, flour and everything. It's not just meat. They make a burger out of it. 
And it's really good. And he took me to this place that's famous for making slug burgers in Corinth. And he, I got two of them. I ate both of them, I think, back that when was I was before you went on your diet. That's way before diet time. And you know what he told me? He said, <laughs> "Here's he, he said, here's the thing. If you're going to eat a slug burger, you have to eat it with a grape soda." I was like, That's I, I said, about. yeah, I don't really want grape soda. And he goes, two, give me uh, two grape sodas. Just like uh, Gary Busey in that movie. <laughs> Utah, give me two. Yeah. He, he said, give me two grape sodas and then ordered two more. <laughs> so we got two slug burgers and we both got two grape sodas before it was all said and done. It was great. I could go for one right now, sort of. Sure could. You slug talk. burger or some grape knee high? Both. You put enough mustard and pickles on anything, it tastes pretty good, you know. Uh, It was pretty good. The the great knee-high was good. Also, uh, speaking of, JB, today is National Wiener Schnitzel Day. Yeah. Yeah, you dropped that one in on me. Not not sure I was ready for the Wiener Schnitzel. I feel feel like I'm in an episode of Hogan's Heroes. What is this man doing here? Wiener Schnitzel. Hey, Danny is right on the YouTube live stream. He says you can't eat just one slug burger. You're kind of right. You're right. Again, put onions on it, pickles, ketchup, mustard. Just eat. Just shut up and eat. That's what you do with it. I don't know what Wiener Schnitzel is. I just thought I'd tell you. Some of y'all may be fans of it. What is I think that? they got it on the train to Dusseldorf. <laughs> I played. I played a football game in Dusseldorf one time in a soccer stadium. Sure did in front of about twenty people. Oh, sure. I thought you were going to say 20,000. It that was way so would, depressing. You would know what everybody's feeling like. Then. Before that game was over, I was like, man, I just I just want to go home. I'm tired of this. This is – I played in front of, like, more people at Prattville High School. What am I doing here? <laughs> I just yeah. need to get a job, man. Getting beat up for nothing. All right. <clears throat> it's time for today's head-to-head matchup preview. It's the head-to-head matchup preview presented by Matt Anderson Properties with National Land Realty. My boy, Matt. What a great name. He can help you buy or sell that piece of property. Got the land 360-degree interactive drone touring. You can see any piece of property 360 degrees from a drone. Thanks to Matt Anderson. If you're thinking about buy it, check it out. If you're selling property, help you with that as well. Get you it. Internet uh, reports, comprehensive reports on who's looking and, you know what I'm saying, traffic reports for who's looking at your listing. So buying or selling land, any kind, statewide in the state of Mississippi, go see him. Matt Anderson, 601-408-5155, Today's head-to-head matchup preview from Winsipedia.com, Florida State versus the Rambling Wreck. Of Georgia Tech. Ah, oh, a heck of an engineer, buddy. So they're going to play at Doak Walker Stadium Saturday, 2.30 Central Time. Kick on A.B. See now, JB, what the heck is Jeff Collins doing at Georgia Tech? Because well, he left Temple and yeah. went there. Yeah, and, and, and I think he's trying to turn that that program around and bring him back into the uh, 
I guess the 21st century. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Getting them away from the old triple option. Well, here's the thing. It ain't working so far. Florida State with a first-year head coach at home this weekend is a 12-and-a-half-point favorite with Georgia Tech coming in there. And that's established coach, I guess, versus – I think they'll cover easy. You think so? Yeah. Okay. All right. So you're not believing in the Knowles, huh? Well, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm believing that the Knowles will, will cover that 12-and-a-half points. Mm-hmm. Then, then you say that, oh, oh, the, you said rambling, cover it easy. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, that's right. Florida State's the favorite. Yeah, I think Florida State will beat them by, uh, as, as our friend says down in Baton Rouge, beat them by three touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it doesn't even matter. What am I doing on your show? I mean, just <laughs> see you later. This is a waste of my time. Uh, so the last time they played was 2015. It was in Hotlanta, Georgia. Paul Johnson was the head coach at Georgia Tech back then. So this will be the first time for uh, Jeff Collins to go up against FSU. I used to like on Saturday afternoons trying to find a Georgia Tech game, but then I knew I could get my nap in. <laughs> I hear you. All right, all-time series, 24 meetings all-time. Florida State leads the all-time series with Georgia Tech 14-10. to they got a slight lead. Like I say, Georgia Tech won the last matchup. Prior to that, 2014, Jimbo Fisher got a close win back in 2014, 37-35. Oh, that was a heck of a ball game. Jimbo won in back in 2012. Close game, 21-15. Man, they had some knockdown drag outs back in the day. Here's the thing, though. How about this? Florida State, in this series with Georgia Tech, went on a 12-game win streak from 92 to 2003. So, 92, Bobby Bowden, the head coach. Bill Lewis at Georgia Tech. 2002, Bobby Bowden was still the head coach at Florida State. You know who was the head coach at Georgia Tech back then in 2002? Uh, Wasn't Bill Curry. That would be one Chan Gailey. Chan Gailey. You talk about a blast from the past, J.B., Chan I Gailey. had a friend that was on staff with Chan. Who's that? Uh, Pete Hurt. Yes, Coach Hurt. Yeah, yeah. He was at Clinton when we first moved there and uh, had me co- assistant coach of the baseball team. Uh-huh. And, uh, I got to be really good friends with his coach, his kid a couple of years, uh, Clint. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Coach Hurt was uh, – I think he went to, to Tech after a stint out at, uh, at the Air Force Academy. Okay, but he's a good dude. Yeah, one, he, of finest, he, look, one of the finest dudes I've ever met. Chan Gailey is a great guy. Pete Hurt, a great guy, you know, in my opinion. Chan Gailey right now is the offensive coordinator for the Dolphins. All right, so he's kind of he's looking out for Tua, you know, down there right now. But they're going to start Fitzpatrick. How about this, JB? They're glued at the hip together, right? Yeah, right. When I went to um, football camp, in high school, I went to a summer football camp, like a two-day football camp at Samford, yeah, Division, D- Division II Samford in Birmingham. Chan Gailey was the head coach. This was like 92 maybe. Yeah. And he was the head coach at Samford for one year. And so I got to interact with him. And that's actually where I met Pete Hurt. Was, yeah, he was the offensive line coach, I think. For that's right. Gailey yeah. there. Yeah, he sure was. Uh, I ran into Coach Hurt two years ago down in Hattiesburg at the state championship games. He was on the staff at Hernando. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. Not Hernando. Horn Lake. Horn Lake. Well, yeah. That's right. I I 
I forget all those those all those H <laughs> towns up there right by each other. They're right, Island Branch, and you got Center Hill and yeah. DeSoto Central, South Haven. All of them just right there together. All right there together. Yeah, that's right. It was uh, Horn Lake. Brad Boyette. They won that state championship two years ago. Had that great linebacker. Went to Georgia, I think. Mm-hmm. And then they had a uh, their quarterback on that that Horn Lake team. Their quarterback. Big 6'3 kid who could really run, wound up signing with LSU, I think, to be a defensive back. Um, but anyway, we've kind of, that's fine though, we've kind of gone around the world. That's the overall look at this thing. So Florida State, overall series edge, 14 to 10. They had a long gap of not playing each other. They played each other in 1975 when Georgia Tech won the game 30 to nothing. Georgia Tech's coach Pepper Rogers in 75 and did not play again. Until 92, which uh, was the start of a 12-game win streak in the series for Florida State. But Yeah, back in those days, Georgia Tech wasn't even in a conference. That's right. They were an independent. Independent deal. How about this, though? You look at these two teams in the history of their programs, JB? Yeah. You got three national championships at Florida State and four at Georgia Tech. They combined for seven national championships, those two programs. Back in the day, right? Back yeah, but in the I day, still say right. the most famous coach ever at Georgia Tech is Bobby Crimmins. I think you're right about that. Probably the most recognizable, for sure. He's got the best hair, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All that info, y'all look it up at winsopedia.com. That wraps it up for Hour 2. Hour 3, right around the corner. Stay with me.